Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm delighted to have Vancouver Sun and the province editor, JJ Adams. JJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, glad to be here. I see you have a, a cat. A black yeah, cat. I do. I have two, two little <laughs> rescues running around, so uh, they, you might see them in the background at different stages. It's funny. I've always wanted to have a black cat and name them Exmoor for my time <laughs> spent in England. Uh, you know, the beast of Exmoor. And you study in England? Is that where? I spent my gap year in England, actually. Oh, nice. after, after high school, went over there. Uh, actually, I played a little soccer over there as well during my gap year. Uh, yeah. It's when I learned my, uh, my dreams of being a professional athlete were, uh, were more dream than reality. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was good to go through that process and uh, have that experience. Yeah, it's a fantastic place. I'm I'm from the UK originally, moved out to Canada here in 2015. So can certainly certainly click with you in terms of sort of what the UK is like, especially when it comes to football and soccer. They are a we are a passionate, crazy bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Uh I got to experience it firsthand. I went to Anfield. Uh that was my, my second Premier League game. I went to Anfield and watched Liverpool play. And uh just the whole I've never, it's never been replicated in any other sporting event that I've been to. Just the, the feeling, the way it is, the, the people, the, the singing, it's just, it's such a unique experience to, uh, to football and countries that we, we just don't get over here. It, it, it's unique, especially Anfield as well. And that home game, the Premier League, when the whole crowd starts singing, you never walk alone to open. It's always a bit of a surreal experience. I've only seen uh, Liverpool play away, seen them play at the Emirates. I've seen them play at Stamford Bridge. So it's it's definitely, definitely a unique experience. But um, a little bit about you. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in this industry, how, what your passions are in the industry and where people can find you on social media to follow and hear what you've got to say. Sure thing. Well, um, it's funny, as I, as I mentioned, like I, I went over to the UK to do uh, a gap year. I was working in a, in a prep school in the north of England. And originally I thought maybe I would uh, follow in my father's footsteps and be a teacher. Yeah. Uh, I learned quickly dealing with those wonderful children at the school that I did not have the patience <laughs> to be <laughs> an effective and, and good teacher. Yeah, let's just say I, I knew I wasn't going to be teaching after that. But while I was there, I was also um, playing basketball and soccer there was a, a basketball league at the time called the, the Budweiser League. It's now the National League. It's kind of a national basketball league in England now. Played for a team there, uh, the, uh, the Stockton Mohawks. I also played a little soccer. Tried to hook on with a team uh, uh, that some of my mates from, uh, from the area also played for called Scarborough Town. They're like a third division. Yeah. UK team. I was a goalkeeper <laughs> when I played youth soccer. Uh, but they already had goalkeepers, so I just went out and I played striker because um, <laughs> I was I was I was a, you know a decent athlete in my younger days before I got old and fat and had back problems. 
So uh, I played striker. I, I, I learned quickly that I would not have the skill set <laughs> to make it as a professional uh, soccer player. Uh, same thing with basketball. It was just probably a little too short to be a, an effective professional. Um, <laughs> but I've always had a love of sports ever since I was, I've always been playing sports, I've always been playing active. Uh, so it was kind of natural that I fell into this as a career in journalism. You know, I just, it was probably my English was probably my best subject in high school. Yeah. Um, so I could, I could write a little bit and just instead of being a professional athlete, I got to be around professional athletes. So it was like the next best thing. And that's gotta be, well, geez, um, a long time ago, 26 years. 26 <laughs> holy cow it's, it's been a while it's been a long time i've been in this industry but uh i wouldn't trade it for anything it's a great career yeah i have a couple of friends who are in in the media and they love it they talk about it all the time they're huge huge fans of what they do as a job and when you love what you do as a job it obviously makes things a little bit easier just then maybe last question before we go on to maybe a topic that i've titled caps chat but um <laughs> Any, any advice that you would give someone who wants to go into this industry, who's maybe leaving high school, leaving, going into university, that maybe have aspirations and plans to get into the sort of the media industry as a whole? Any advice you would give them? Shoot your shot. Definitely. Shoot your shot. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to uh, work with some uh, really talented, uh, or alongside some really talented young uh, journalists in the press box here, uh, you know, guys who have started their own website, their own podcasts, uh, the guys from uh, Between the Sticks, the guys who write for SB Nation, for the, the 86ers blog, uh, all those guys, they love soccer and they found a forum to do it. And they shot their shot, they got, they got in here, they got established and now they're regulars here. So I would say, you know, if, uh, if you're thinking about being a journalist, uh, you know, just, you know, reach out to your closest pro team and the comms team and say, Hey, I'd love to come out and cover a game and uh, get your feet wet, talk to people, find out what the industry is really like, what it's about. And, uh, and then sort of build up that portfolio. So when you, uh, you, you not only learn from your mistakes, you also have like a body of work that you can point to when you do end up trying to, trying to get a job in this industry, which as a whole, it's never been healthier, you know, appetite for, for information and, has never been greater. Uh, it's just the whole industry is in a little flux. We haven't really told out the figured out the new monetary uh, system in this this new media decade. So uh, you, lots of uh, social media action. You can find me on social media at the real JJ Adams. That's the only social media I do because I just can't keep up with you, young bucks. Oh, it's, it's just Instagram, TikTok. You know, Facebook, Twitter, it's just, it's, I just can't keep up. Very smart man sticking to one, <laughs> especially at this age where it, it demands so much time when you have three, four, five different social media accounts. Um, it does demand so much time. So I, in my opinion, I'm like, that's smart. That's that's genius. Um, but how I discovered your work actually was, I was on the province website and obviously since moving over here, kept up with the white caps. I wouldn't say I'm a fan or anything like that. I... I, I like watching them. I enjoy watching them when, when they play at BC Place. I've attended maybe about 30 to 40 games in the last sort of four to five years. But the article that, that I find, and I found it fascinating because a lot of the things that you said are sort of things that I felt and I thought maybe I'm nuts. And it was the article that you put in the province about the prolonged identity crisis. 
for the White Caps. Um, the identity crisis continues for the White Caps, I think it was titled. And I was like, I've kind of thought that for a number of years. And I thought maybe I'm the crazy one, that it's just me. Right, but, so which, which story are you talking about? You're talking about the identity crisis from 2017, 2018, 2019? It was 2019. It was, it was the one in September. I thought it was really, really interesting because you talked about different types of things. And then even in Montreal, the Montreal game the other night, I heard the commentator say, it's the first time the Whitecaps have played the same formation two games in a row. And I was like this, this campaign. And I was like, well, really? Is it, uh, that really kind of baffled me. And it really interested me hearing that statistic and maybe finding the Whitecaps are trying to figure out what they are. And I felt maybe as a fan or as a neutral maybe, or someone who has an interest coming in and buying tickets and watching the games, that it's sort of something that I've always felt I don't really know if they know what they are. And I don't mean that as in the 11 on the pitch. I just mean as, as a club, maybe. And I was just be interested to sort of hear your thoughts on that, because obviously you've wrote the article. You've been in the industry a long time. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's been a, a very busy uh, three years now that I've been covering team, three or four years. And unfortunately, it has not been... Uh, a fun experience because the the team has has not found any success on the field. I mean, if you, you go back to uh, Carl Robinson's last year, 2018, I mean, it, missing the playoffs, coach getting fired, players revolting, uh, you know, uh, all this talk about, uh, you know, divided locker rooms. And then you, you come back the next year with a new coach and then they proceed to have the worst season they'd had since uh, their expansion year. Um, and then this year with, with COVID and the way it's impacted, like when Mark Dos Santos came on board uh, at the start of 2019, he said what his vision was for this team, what the identity was going to be and what he was going to try and build. They've said that repeatedly and we have yet to see it happen on a consistent, prolonged basis. Like in, in terms of the style of play, he wanted, you know, a high pressing team that, you know, kept possession and was creative and uh, you know played played the beautiful game in the final third you know you wanted some uh, attacking creativity and, and an offensive identity but we haven't seen it what we've seen is a disjointed team that uh, you know whether it's been the wrong players uh the wrong system you know maybe even the, the wrong coach for this team the, the, there has not been anything consistent about this team there's just been little flashes here and there and most of the time it's, you know, all hands on deck battle stations as, you know, they get outshot every game by every team holding the majority of possession, getting the majority of chances. It's just, if, if that's, then maybe that's their identity. Maybe their identity is that, that reed that bends in the wind until it finally breaks. I'm not sure, but uh, that's not sustainable if you want success in this league. I could tell you that. Yeah, and... Speaking of that, I've, the first year that I came out here, the White Cup's done quite well. They got to the, the quite far, far into the playoffs. I think it was the Timbers that beat them in the end. I think it was like, I think it would have been twenty sixteen, if if my memory serves me correct. I think that was a Seattle year. Seattle year, yeah. Do you think that lifted the expectations, maybe, of fans and of people in the city? And then maybe <laughs> since then, it's never been sort of duplicated. Or what's your sort of thoughts no, on that? I think the expectations were, you know, here we are, ten years on. And they have made, I think, three playoff appearances in yeah. that time over over a decade. It's not expectations; it's it's hope. 
Uh, yeah. All the, 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 the pieces should be there. And I think, you know, the fans of this team look around the league and they've seen like teams rise and fall and rise again. And the entire time, you know, the, the Whitecaps have been either, you know, kind of mediocre or terrible. They have not had a good team. They have not had a, you know, there was a stretch of where, you know, teams would come into BC place and they had a really decent um, uh, streak where they either won or draw, I think it was 14 games through uh, the early part of 2018. But they're, they're not feared around the league. They're not feared. Um, I would say their reputation is, you know, whether it's the reputation of the front office or the club, the, not really held in, in high regard by a lot of other uh, teams and organizations around MLS. And around that, one of the main frustrations, I think, maybe for, for Whitecaps fans and maybe even players and team and coaching staff alike, it's, it's the glimpses of what could be very good and really good performance and a good win. And then it's followed up by maybe something very poor or something. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that's really the frustration sometimes. It's, you know, it was like you go to LA and you win and then you follow that up with maybe a couple of defeats on the bounce and things like that. And it seems to be, as you alluded to earlier with, with Dos Santos, there seems to be maybe a, every now and again, you get a glimpse of something and then it's just followed up by back to normality, I guess. And I think maybe that's may, probably the major frustration, I think. Yeah, I mean, just look at like some of the, the, the results from this year. You know, they they go into the MLS's back tournament, you know, minus five players, no expectations. And they need to win a game by multiple goals to to make it to the knockout round. And no one gives them a chance. I think their their chances, uh, the odds makers give them like a 3% chance of advancing. And they end up winning the game, 2 nothing. You know, tactically perfect. Everything they played. Lights out ball, they shut everything down in the first half, and they brought on some energetic subs in the second and scored and advanced. Then they take Sporting Kansas City, the number one team in the West right now, penalty kicks, and then uh, and, and unfortunately lose that. Um, and then they come back to the next phase of play where they travel to Montreal and Toronto. And they, ah, it was... It was painful to watch to to see them, you know, get outscored. I think it was six nothing over the span of those three games. Uh, you know, creating nothing offensively, being dominated defensively, and, and then they follow that up with a, a three two win over Toronto at home. And you're like, how did this? How did this happen? <laughs> Is this the same team? And then the first ten minutes of the Montreal game, they looked great. They looked like world beaters. You know, Lucas Cavallini bodying people, getting people off the ball. Uh, Michael Baldissimo and David Malinkovic, you know, teaming up to spring Theo Bear, who had been a terror on the back line. He puts his perfectly placed shot in the in the far corner. It looks like everything's going to go great, and then all of a sudden they revert to form. You know, so yeah. it, it, it is like that pattern. You see, you know, they, they, they you see these flashes, and then it's a reversion. And that has been their problem. They've not been able to make anything consistently stick, whether it's, you know, the talent that they have or it's the system, the the culture, or the uh, even the coach. Like, I, I love Mark Dos Santos. I think he's an extremely great motivator. But I think you have to say, if you look back over the past two years, the, the jury's still out tactically whether he is the man for this job. Yeah, and... 
Speaking of that, let's maybe this week as a whole. It hasn't been a great week for the Whitecaps. Um, Cavallini obviously suspended. Moment of madness, really. I, like watching the game myself, I thought it was very naive, very silly. Hwang has left, obviously, and then there was the four. Obviously, Cavallini suspended in that four-two game um, loss to Montreal, and um, sent off during that match. Very, very frustrating week, I, I think, for the Whitecaps um, from a neutral point of view and, and from just sitting watching the game with no real skin in the game as such, if I can put it that way. The 4-2 game against Montreal, I thought, was, was a very good advert for the league. But maybe for the Whitecaps, it, it definitely is not something you want to see. You really don't want to be conceding four at home. But if they win tonight, maybe put it this way, if they win tonight, does that at least give some sort of hope going into the three away games next or, or just finishing off a little bit of confidence or is it sort of a bit of a doesn't really matter what happens tonight, it's just playing for pride or how do you see that? How do you see it all sort of playing out with the past week and the upcoming games and tonight's game? I mean, that's a that's a really tall mountain to scale. Like you win this game and you're still, I think, uh, two points back of, the, of a playoff berth and then you have to go play essentially three away games mm-hmm. in another really arduous, tough kind of uh, hub or bubble life situation. You know, the, the game against Portland is a quote-unquote home game for the Whitecaps, but it, you're playing Portland in Portland. I'm pretty yeah. sure the Timbers <laughs> are going to consider that a home game. It's, that's a tough ask uh, to, to go down there and get those results. And then following that, I mean... The, all the signs are, are lining up that they will not be playing any more games at BC Place this year. Like the, the local health authority has kind of said, you know, you can't be flying to another country and returning without quarantine. So that kind of puts a kibosh on, you know, travel. So the, the number one plan is that they would relocate like um, um, Toronto and Montreal are, are likely to do, I believe. Toronto is uh, heading to uh, to New York to share the Red Bulls facility. I think Montreal might be going to Boston, um, and the Whitecaps are likely going to Portland. And then you're you're basically on the road for another two months. I mean, they've already been away for a cumulative probably two months already, and that's that's tough, especially for players with families. You know, yeah. you're away from your family and loved ones for that long. You're away from everything that you know, your pets, uh, Jake Derwinski's houseplants, you know, <laughs> the, 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 everything that's familiar, you're, you're away from it. And it's really hard to perform under those circumstances for, for that long a time. So for them to claw their way up into uh, a playoff spot, yeah, it's a, that's a very, very tough ask. And, uh, you know, you, you talk about the long and bomb being... Uh, sold to Kazan in Russia in the Premier League, uh, where he's doing spectacularly. He's got like two goals and two assists already yeah. in the first four games. He's he's looking like a new player. And his his comments uh, about his time here were not exactly favorable. I mean, he didn't come out and and hammer MLS or anything, but he definitely said it. Uh, it was holding him back as a player. But, but he's gone, and that's a designated player that they have not replaced, and they are not likely to replace that player this season. So if you don't have that extra difference maker, I don't know if you can ask Michael Baldissimo, as incredible as he's played in his four games, to 
suddenly play at a, as a designated player level. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. Um, so, you know, you, you, you look at everything in front of you and, you know, externally, it's easy to say, you know, just write off the season, come back stronger in 2021. Uh, you know, maybe when there's a couple hundred fans allowed in the BC place and, uh, and, and start over, rebuild the rebuild. Rebuild the rebuild, build the rebuild. I don't know what what rebuild are we on right yeah, now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like rebuild five, I think. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's 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 a very tough spot for for them, and, and even all the the other Canadian teams as well, like Montreal and Toronto. Uh, it's not an enviable spot for them to be in for sure. Yeah, and obviously the music's on in the background. You're at BC Place tonight. There is a game going on tonight. Any thoughts on tonight's match? Oh, geez, when's this podcast coming out? Because I want to sound smart. Um, <laughs> if I say they're going to, you know, tie know, one one and all of a sudden they win 5 nothing, then gonna, uh, um, Maybe we'll ask you a different question then. Um, if they win tonight or if they put in a, a performance tonight, maybe get something from the match, does that at least maybe redeem a little bit of some of the results maybe in the sort of Canadian championship since it's taken place? No, not no. Not even close, because all it will be is another flash. It's another step. We want to see them take that step and then run that marathon to success. I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Mark Dos Santos, like I said, he's an excellent motivator, and I think he will get his team up. Every time they've, they've been really, really under the cosh, they've managed to put in a good performance. Um, I think I, I alluded to it to it in uh, one of my stories, uh, it was in today's paper actually, um, where I talked about the, the start of uh, 2019. They, start, they started off winless in seven and they came out and they beat LAFC at home, one nothing. Yeah. You know, LAFC, which had been lighting up MLS, scoring goals of gold by the bunches and yeah. they shut them down. They shut down Carlos Taylor <laughs> and Diego Rossi and they won the game and no one expected it, it was a battle of, you know, worst and first, you know, David and Goliath. So they are capable of being prodded into action. I think you will see a good performance tonight. I don't think you will see, I'm not going to say what the score is because I, I really don't know what to expect from this yeah. game. But I think you're going to see a solid effort, things being cleaned up, uh, not as many defensive mistakes. Um, I think uh, the Iceman, uh, Saskatoon, Schmeichel, uh, Thomas Asal will have a, a better game. I think he was a little, he, he's looked a little, little out of sorts the last game. I think this time out, he's going to look uh, a lot more solid uh, give him a little, and not make bad mistakes like diving at the feet of a player who's nowhere near any kind of goal scoring opportunity, that kind of thing. So long story short, I think you'll see a better, uh, better performance from this team than we have uh, when we saw the last game out. Yeah, I was very impressed um, with uh, Samuel Piate. Is that how it's pronounced in the last game for Montreal? Sammy, Sammy Piat. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was very, very good. Um, I liked the late run into the box. I thought the ball in, actually, a lot of people were sort of crediting him for running in. I thought the, the ball in was excellent um, from the fullback. I thought it was just sort of pulling it sort of back for him to run on to, a sort of defender's nightmare. But speaking of sort of the Whitecaps players and sort of in the future, um, I like the look of Milinkovic from the games I've seen. I think he's very good, very tidy on the ball. Baldomiso, as you've, as you've alluded to, 20 years old. He's maybe going to be asked to step up here in relation to Huang being away. And maybe the expectation level on him might be a little bit high from certain supporters. But long term, that can be a good thing. 
that he's getting exposure now and getting game time now. Record signing Lucas Cavallini, he came out, he apologized. I like to see that. You know, it, it shows a bit of maturity there and hopefully a bit of growth. For the future of the Whitecaps, it's, it's, we've talked about um, Dos Santos and stuff, and the first season wasn't great. Second season, we can't really judge too much, I don't think, because of COVID. Exactly, but certainly yeah. going into maybe a third season, it's going to be very, very interesting what happens to the Whitecaps because I think there definitely will be a, um, an expectation and maybe, I know it's going to be hard when they play away home games at Portland and things like that, but there's certainly going to be a little bit of expectation there to see really where the project's going. Um, for the future of the Whitecaps, maybe the next year or so, is there any excitement um, from your perspective or maybe a bit of trepidation? I don't know. Um, what, what are you thinking going into this third season? I know it's a, it's a hard one. I'm asking to predict again. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, it's, um, I think you're going to see a radically different squad again next season. I mean, uh, investing a DP spot in the left back, I, I think uh, – wasn't the wisest of um, allocation of your your resources, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure we'll see Ali Adnan move on, and you know there there's going to be a, a change to the rules with designated players. There's going to be sort of a separate category for young designated players. So you're going to have your your normal three designated players, and then an extra three young designated players, quote unquote. Um, and the, the Whitecaps do like to position themselves as a selling team, a developmental team, a, a step ladder to Europe, like, like they did with uh, Wong and Baum. Um, so, you know, we might see some young talents in here, some young, hungry talents who will come in and, um, you know, light the league on fire for a, a, a season or two before moving on. Um, but the, the key to that, the key to that is going to be their scouting department, which has been in the works for, I guess, two seasons now. We, we still don't know its its scope, uh, if they've hired a, a head of scouting yet. If they, I know they have a couple of scouts, but they, uh, historically they have not been very good at scouting out the young talent. Uh, there's been a lot of flyers. I think of like Joaquin Arbaiz. Uh, he came in as a designated player and ended up on the bench for the last three quarters of the season. So they're going to need to, to, to get better talent acquisition. I think uh, the addition of Axel Schuster will help in that department. He knows a lot of people. Um, he's brought in some good players in, in Ranko Veselinovic, uh, Jani Bakel, uh, Jingles Awusu. You know, all those guys have been pretty solid, uh, and I think I can see them developing into pretty stalwart players for the Whitecaps. But uh, it, it's not. I don't think we'll see this the same kind of team next year. Hopefully, we'll see one with a little more cohesiveness uh, and some more uh, exciting attacking pieces, which fans have been clamoring for for years. Um, well, I'm not going to call them exciting. I say attacking pieces. Let's <laughs> just start there. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. I don't want to put that expectation on them to be excited. Let's just say attacking pieces you know hopefully a number 10 someone who can help get lucas cavallini the ball i mean canadian international liga mx vet this guy can score is proven he just he needs to get the ball and yeah they just have not been able to do that yeah from my perspective i agree with everything you've said i i like the inclusion of some of the younger lads coming through you know the ball to me so the alfonso davies came through and moved on and things like that i like seeing some local homegrown talent in the squad and playing because to me there's always a bit more of a 
they play, there's a bit more, maybe, maybe it's wrong to say this, but there's a bit more of a belief in a playing for the shirt maybe because they've came through the system and um, something like that. So I would like to see a couple more of those sort of younger guys but come in problem, and, and play. This season, this season has been the only time that those young players have gotten a chance to play. And that's been because of injuries, players sold and COVID and really not a lot to play for. So that's why we've seen Patrick Metcalf. That's yeah. why we've seen Michael Baldissimo. Like, just imagine what the midfield would have looked like if Michael Baldissimo had been given a chance to play. He's been performed at the level that we've seen, and that allowed Wong and Baum to play more offensively. Yeah. Like, that would have solved a lot of their problems. But those young players were rooted to the bench. They did not get a chance until, you know, there was really nothing left for the team to play for or there just wasn't enough players in the lineup and they needed some young bodies. And we've seen them all come in and prove themselves. Theo Bear, uh, Michael Baldissimo, um, you know, it's uh, Patrick Metcalf. Yeah, he played really well his first couple of games. So uh, it's it's been an aberration because historically this, this team does not give chances to young players. And you cannot use Alfonso Davies as an excuse because He's just a special, special player yeah. uh, that fell into their laps. And he was going to be a star no matter where he was. Um, so I, I think he's kind of the aberration. I think you, you look at some of the players that come through this team and have moved on and had success elsewhere, whether it be in Europe, like Sam at it could be, or Marco Bustos in the CPL. Like, there are players that have moved on and had success and that the Whitecaps have developed and never get a chance here. So hopefully that changes. Yeah. Um, hopefully that changes moving forward. Like you, I, I would like to see some of the young homegrown players uh, play for this club. I think that also buys a little bit of sort of fan time maybe as well. You know, when those homegrown younger players are playing, you know, the lads from Burnaby, the lads from Coquitlam, the lads from wherever, all of a sudden you don't really, the fans have a bit more affinity towards them, which I think the coach and the club really, really needs right now. So I really, really hope that happens. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, they need to do something to engage the fan base because it is, uh, you know, eroded away. You've seen the numbers drop. Uh, you've seen some... I've gotten so many emails and, and DMs from, from, you know, people. I've been a fan since 1974, and I've I cashed in my season tickets. I can't watch this team anymore. I've had so many of those, and, and that's a problem. Uh, another problem has been, or another sign of problems has been the apathy. Like, you know, you used to get a lot of engagement on, on White Cap stories, and now that engagement has disappeared. Uh, you yeah. know, people have just kind of turned away and found other things. So if they had that, that young guy, that Michael Baldissimo from Burnaby to, to come watch, I could see, you know, it getting some fans back and that would be a start because yeah. they, they, they need to do something to, to turn things around, to turn this, this organization around. Yeah, big time. Well, it's getting close to game time, so I don't want to keep you any longer just want to thank you so much for coming on today and i hope you enjoyed tonight's match and i hope that goes for the result that we both want and everything that goes alongside that so once again you can be found on twitter at jj the real jj adams the real jj adams not jj abrams <laughs> jj adams yes yeah uh, well 
Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been my pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed chatting and um, really, really oh, excited good. sort of to see how tonight's game goes and to see your next sort of match report. Well, thanks for ha- having me. Happy to do it anytime. I uh, enjoyed the chat. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it's good to talk to someone who uh, in, enjoys the beautiful game. Uh, there don't seem to be a lot of them in, uh, in, this, in this country. At least yeah. not as many as in Scotland or, <laughs> or, or Yorkshire. <laughs> where, where I spent my gap here. So, yeah, it was a good chat. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thank you as always. And uh, we'll, I'll be in touch real shortly. Have a good night. Cheers. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the podcast. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.